G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And as you might have heard in our conversation a little earlier with Kevin Donnelly, we were talking about the education system, deficiencies in our education system, a movement away from the style of education that we might argue has made Australia great, the idea of training in a Western nation. Well, it so happens that Dr. Simon Kennedy, who's a lecturer in intellectual history at the Millis Institute at Christian Heritage College in Brisbane and also honorary research fellow at the University of Queensland, uh, is with us in the studio and we're going to continue our conversation somewhere along these sorts of lines. Uh, You heard our conversation with Dr. Kevin Donnelly, uh, Simon. Um, What are your thoughts about, you know, the sorts of things that he was saying? Uh, Most listeners will probably say that he was speaking a level of common sense about how education curriculum has to change to increase those sorts of standards. What were your impressions uh, listening to his conversation? My, my uh, expertise are not really in education policy, so I, I should say that up front. However, uh, it's it seems clear to me from years and years of um, uh, reporting of analysis of education performance in Australia, uh, coupled with – and that, and, and that analysis uh, – almost uh, always reports a decline in performance in students and basic literacy and numeracy, uh, basic basic, uh, education outcomes, uh, coupled with uh, an uh, almost uh, inexorable increase in funding, uh, government funding for schools. Uh, Those two things don't seem to make sense. So the more money that's tipped in, the education performance seems to get worse. Uh, And so uh, while, as I said, I'm not an expert, I... I can uh, read graphs and uh, and so forth, and I do think that there is something uh, a bit fishy about that. Now, you're, I mentioned uh, in the introduction, you're also an honorary research fellow at the University of Queensland. Now, there are two universities in Australia that were uh, open to funding that came from the Ramsey Centre. Uh, the Ramsey Centre was looking for an opportunity to be able to inc- introduce into university curriculum the idea of studies on Western civilization. And uh, when we're talking about political correctness, uh, this is one of those issues that's taken hold in Australia so much that universities are resistant to the idea of even teaching anything to do with Western civilization. But when it comes to the way that you talk about intellectual history and uh, the way that you are able to teach when it comes to this issue of uh, liberal arts, that Western civilization is very much a part of where you are at. And uh, that flies in the face of all of the political correct uh, ways that people want to shut down this sort of thought. What are your uh, observations uh, as to uh, you know how universities uh, are taking a political correct line and uh, and resisting the sort of teaching that uh, actually gives uh, this Western civilization uh, the the substance it has. Sure. The, uh, the the thing I would say about 
uh, our public universities in Australia is that they do deliver content on Western civilization, and uh, so it's 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 uh, there are certain voices within the university which are resistant to uh, the idea of Western civilization, but they're not really because often these people are teachers of content that are you know they deliver programs which are related to Western civilization. So um, we have to be. I suppose, cautious in just uh, – I'm not suggesting you're doing this at all, Neil, but I suppose I want to be cautious in branding my colleagues at places like the University of Queensland and the University of Melbourne and so forth as anti-Western civilization. I don't think that's necessarily true. What they typically express concern about is uh, a um, an inordinate focus on um, what they might – they might say things like a focus on books written by white Christian men who – uh, are now all dead and they're not as relevant anymore and we should be focusing on other texts and other cultures. Now, there is something to that. Uh, we have uh, There's a lot of wonderful um, scholarship that can be done on non-Western culture and there is already and there can be more and that's fine. I suppose what uh, I'm interested in as a scholar and as a teacher at, the, at Christian Heritage College and in my research at the University of Queensland and other places as well uh, is to ensure that us as a society, I mean, we are a society that is a Western society. Um, now, the idea of Western civilization is contested. I'm not going to go into that today. But the fact is, uh, Australia is uh, is derivative from England and Ireland and Scotland, which is part of Europe and broader European civilization. And so the more we can learn about our history and the more we can learn about uh, Western history, Western philosophy and Western ideas and Western literature – the better we can understand ourselves. So that's one angle of the – I guess that's one positive case for teaching and learning about Western civilization. Challenging, isn't it? Because I imagine it's all about how you frame it and uh, the mindset or the political persuasion that you might lean towards as you're teaching that. Uh, I think uh, I hear what you're saying when you say that there are so many good books that have made us a great Western nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are all sorts of good books that ought to be introduced into university curriculum as well. The trouble does appear to be that uh, if you put books alongside books, some are considered good and then the other ones, maybe the ones we've always taught out, some, somehow or other they're considered bad. Uh, what are your thoughts for the way that there are perceptions about uh, the, you know, the white people who wrote those books uh, that somehow or other they're considered bad? Um that's a huge topic. Uh, I suppose I can talk about how we approach that question when we're choosing the texts that we study and teach at, at the Millis Institute. Uh, one thing that we look for is a book that has had a lasting impact on the society that it was uh, written in and then other societies and in, across history. Um, that's, not, that's, that's one indicator of an important book. And that, that impact, mind you, might be negative. Um, so, uh, we, uh, teach books. I, I teach from books that I don't agree with. And often they're my favorite books to teach from. We taught, uh, we, we read Karl Marx this semester in one of my units and I found it deeply stimulating. I'm not a Marxist. I disagree with a lot of what Marx thinks, but some of his critiques of our society are extremely interesting and profound and they can be helpful. My point being there that, um, great books don't necessarily have to be s- talking about the right things. They can just be high impact, and we need to learn about those things because they've had an impact. It's important for us 
to do that so we can understand ourselves and our society, as I said before. Uh, Honour to you, and you're bringing out something that is very, very important, I think, when we think about Christian higher education, because the assumption that some might have that uh, people who are studying Christian higher education is that they're sitting there and uh, analysing Bible verses, uh, looking at history and uh, working out how to sermonise out of those, that really isn't always what Christian higher education is about. And some people will be shaking their head saying, what, they've been reading Karl Marx at the Christian uh, higher education tertiary facility, but... How do you actually argue against Marxism unless you've been exposed to those ideas? Uh, and that's a big, big challenge. That's something you've got to be able to get your head around. And uh, when you get into the sort of disciplines that you're into in liberal arts and talking about intellectual history, you've got to be able to make those sorts of risks, take those risks, haven't you? That, that's right. We, we, don't, we don't want to um, sort of cotton wool our students and only give them safe books that they can go away and have this perfect, perfectly formed kind of Christian worldview. That's not what we're about. We're actually about forming people who can think for themselves, who can be respectful of the text that they're reading, interact with it at a really deep level, but be critical of it as well. Um, one thing that uh, is, a, I think, is a negative trend in public university, in, in, in bigger universities, like, like, and I'm not not picking on University of Queensland. It's just a, a big one that I'm associated with myself. Um, but one thing that that is a trend there is that there's a pure criticism of texts without, and 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 they come at the texts with a, a preconceived framework that they're going to read through, um, which I think is deeply unhealthy and unhelpful because you've already decided what you think about the text before you've read it. Now, everyone has presuppositions. However, I think there are better ways of approaching the text, and one of them is just to uh, read it respectfully and appropriately and not be afraid of what you're reading. This idea of presupposing beforehand, uh, already approaching the issues and the texts at hand and uh, and having your own uh, already formed view, uh, that is challenging, isn't it? And uh, something that you've got to somehow or other overcome. Uh, I imagine that in a Christian higher education environment, uh, you are endeavouring to make sure that the Bible itself as the primary text of a Christian, uh, might somehow or other be influencing the way that those students might be approaching those texts. I imagine that those who would study at a Christian higher education facility might come because they are looking to enrich their their Christianity. But, uh, you know, if someone's coming and they don't have much of a Christian worldview to apply, maybe they can get uh, taken in all sorts of directions. There's a big responsibility on your shoulders there. Sure, and... and as I think, as I said before, we welcome students from any, any background. I mean, they can they can come and thrive and flourish uh, under um, at CHC and at the Millis Institute. Uh, and certainly, we tr- we we uh, the Bible is a foundational text of Western civilization. And as a Christian, um, I, I take it exceptionally seriously um, as a text. But it, it, and and it it inf- it is a it informs and influences so much of where our societies come from. So um, certainly it's an important text, but it, it is uh, a foundational text which other texts have been written, other texts have, people have written about it, other texts have been deeply influenced by it. So one thing that we, uh, one approach that we take at Millis is um, when we're doing something like uh, literature, we read great Christian literature, but of course if you look at the early modern period or the medieval period, all Western literature was Christian because it was written by 
um, Christian people or the people who are in a Christian culture, at least. So you don't even have to necessarily um, be a biblicist and just focus on the Bible. You can also read rich Christian literature, which is biblically founded and uses biblical themes and Christian doctrine um, and still get a really rich Christian education that way as well. Uh, that's a powerful point to bring out because anybody then who is studying history has to actually have a grip on the theological developments that have happened through history in order for them to understand the ancient texts that they might be reading. And when I say ancient, uh, just in the last couple of thousand years, no doubt uh, that history is significant there. Let me ask you, though, Simon, uh, when we talk about Western civilization, uh, we mentioned, you know, uh, white people who wrote those books that uh, that helped to form that. Uh, talking about the way that things have developed and uh, formed and uh, this idea of colonialism uh, or imperialism. Uh, these are the ways that people are looking at the history and they're saying that needs to be resisted. I wonder how that fits with a Christian view that, that uh, you know, when the, uh, the white Christian-founded British arrived on our shore that, uh, you know, in the name of God, uh, that somehow or other there's that sort of imperialist idea. How do you approach that or how do do people uh, respond when you're sort of confronted with that sort of deeper question? I think the first thing that I would do is recognise it as a a legitimate question to ask. Okay, so this, uh, this colonial practice that the British had and the Dutch had and so on. Lots of Germ- um, Brit- lots of European nations uh, were colonial. Uh, this, this practice had, uh, had its problems um, and the way that they thought about uh, people who lived in the parts of the world that they settled was not necessarily good. And I think we should acknowledge that as a real issue and a real tension in our history. Having said that, not everything about colonialism was bad either. And in fact, uh, I would suggest that a lot of people who live in nations that were previous colonial nations are possibly happy for the heritage that they have uh, enjoyed from Western colonialism as well. So I think that there are two ways of approaching it. One is that accept it as a good question. I don't think we should run away from hard questions like that one. But I think at the same time, we should also be ready to recognise the good and the bad in lots of these things. And isn't that the case, that when we are Christian and we uh, hear the criticisms that people have had of us down through history, uh, that there is a certain level of humility that allows us to say, you know, we got it wrong. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because while we might be admitting to and even apologising for some things that were wrong, by and large, if you look at the things that were right and that are good, you can't ignore those. That's a powerful element of our uh, whole Christian experience. I think that's right. And as, as Christians, we, we are told to be humble. We're told to confess our sins and so forth. Now, I don't think we should uh, take that too far in terms of our of how we assess culture and so on. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily our job to apologise for everything that's happened in the past, but I think we should be ready to be humble and to admit that not everything in the past is rosy and right. Uh, lots of mistakes were made, and I think it's quite okay to admit that, but also, as you said, to balance it with the, the good things. Uh, people are looking at history, and uh, they're seeing their own race, and perhaps we could talk even into our own uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander heritage here and uh, and seeing a level of victimhood. And uh, somehow or other, as you say, uh, where there is humility and there can be wrongs that are admitted to, somewhere 
on the discussion. Somewhere in the debate, someone has to come to those good things that you're talking about. And I know that there's also a rich history, which is good, that provided sanctuary uh, while dreadful things were happening to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, that where the church was able to jump into there and recognise that people were created in the image and likeness of God and therefore had value no matter what colour the skin, uh, that there were good things that the church had to contribute. Somewhere in there, you've got to get to a position where you argue what are the good points that Western civilization brought to Australia. And sometimes it's hard to get a bit of airing when it comes to when you want to air those good points. That's, that's true. And I, and I think that we, we, uh, we all um, are faced with that dilemma at, at different points in our lives, even if it's in our family. Sometimes you're not allowed to talk about certain things in the past and good things that have happened and bad things that have happened. And I think... Uh, the, the the best way to, for us to approach it culturally as well as interpersonally is just to be patient, uh, continue to make uh, the positive case, admit the negatives, admit, and then also um, uh, profess the positives as well. Uh, and as I said, I think humility is important, and I think that a sense of balance in how we approach it is important. Recognizing that there were that there are people who have been deeply hurt, and that needs to be recognized. And isn't it interesting the way the media reports on these things? Because while we talk about the good and the bad, uh, it's much easier to get the headline uh, when you focus on the bad than it is to focus on the good. So in some sense, if you're going to get a well-rounded look at how you might look at Western civilization, you've got to go and you've got to read and you've got to get into the books yourself. You've got to do some further study. And I, of course, that's, that's what you're into too, is uh, helping people to equip themselves by doing some further study so that they can be well-rounded when it comes to their understanding of these things. That's right. And we, 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 uh, we invite people to come and do that with us at the Millis Institute for that very reason. We think there are great riches in the past uh, and in the more in more recent history as well, mind you, uh, that can be mined and tapped uh, to enrich our understanding um, of our culture and to enrich our minds and help us to think well. Uh, we are running out of time, and uh, I wanted to mention once again the seminar that you've got going tonight. And I mentioned this a little earlier, and if you missed that conversation, you've just got a, perhaps a little bit of a sample of the sort of thinking that goes on when you start to think a little deeper about some of these issues. And Dr. Simon Kennedy has his head around some of these things. He's a lecturer in intellectual history at the Millis Institute. That's part of the Christian Heritage College in Brisbane. He's also an honorary research fellow at the University of Queensland, and he is speaking as one of three speakers at a seminar tonight in Brisbane. So for those listeners in southeast Queensland, uh, you want to dig a little bit deeper into issues of politics and your Christianity. Or sometimes people talk about political theology. Where do all these things fit in? Well, an opportunity tonight to hear three speakers as they unpack some of their areas of expertise at the Millis Institute at Christian Heritage College in Brisbane. That free event, it's a research seminar event, it's focusing on a theme of political thought and theology, and it's on tonight at 7 o'clock at the Christian Heritage College in Wecker Road in Carindale. Now, you can register at Millis Institute's Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Millis Institute, and you can RSVP to an event link that's there. You might also get some further details at the CHC website, chc.edu.au 
forward slash liberal arts. Uh, just great getting your insights, Simon, and uh, we wouldn't have had this conversation had we not had that uh, little unfortunate news that we weren't able to have our scheduled guest, Dr. Kevin Donnelly, for the full hour. And so I would appreciate you very much uh, for staying around and uh, for unpacking a few of these things a little deeper with us. So uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.